0: You want to hear a good joke? Nobody speak. Nobody get choked. Sports fans, it is Friday here on 89.1 KHOL and Teton Sports Talk is here to bring you a little bit closer to your weekend. I'm your host, Massey Zeeman, and down in Texas, it's Graham Trainer.
1: Home of the Texas baseball Rangers, part of the club dynasty? Maybe. Wait, hold on a second. Sports fans, we'll find out. Download our podcast, please, and follow us on Instagram. Uh, You can get our podcast on Spotify and wherever else you like to download podcasts. Where do do people download? We never got Bezos. I don't want to get negative because we're talking about the Rangers, but Bezos rejected us. But he's rejected a lot of people, especially people in need. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's right. So is that the that is that that's the
0: headline going into this show. The Texas Rangers are in the um,
1: American League Championship Series. We last ALCS. week. we uh, <coughs> Yeah, final not four. the not eight, not eight, not the final four, not ACL, not uh, Austin City Limits, mm-hmm. not um anterior anterior clitoral ligament. Clitoral yeah. ligament I think that's right. It? Nailed it? Thank you. Uh, the ALCS, the American League Championship Series, first time. I mean, this is my good news. So whatever. We're spoiler spoiler alerts. Um, first time since 2011 against the Tigers. Obviously, won that. Went to the World Series. Uh, 2010 against the Yankees. The year before that, this is the third time we've ever been in history. Is 2011
0: so, the same year that the Mavericks won the NBA championship? It was a hell of a year, man. That's team. a great year. Uh, Tony 2000- Romo was still quarterback. 2010 was my greatest year in in sports. Well, besides hmm. maybe 2019, when, when UVA won the national title in basketball. But in football, 2010, the Saints and Alabama won the first championship of saving six
1: at uh, Alabama, and then awesome. the Saints won Just, the. You, Super we're not, Bowl. not talking about. We're not talking about. We're not talking about Alabama. We're talking about the Texas Rangers. All right, passing. let's talk Thank about you. it. How did they get here? Who did they beat? So, 2011 also the year i moved to jackson and i feel like when i did that i i let the rangers down for a decade plus and now oh. i'm back i've been back and they've been healing and now they're all the way healed they're back to um actually a significant spot in the playoffs they went to the playoffs in the mid mid teen the 15 14 2015 range and just made the wild card game or the alds and the blue jays kicked our ass out of there with bat flips and I almost broke television sets. <laughs> the unwritten um, rules. So it's gonna be, be back. How how do we get here? We hired Bruce Bochi. Yep. We actually spent money in free agency on Corey Seeger, Marcus Simeon a couple of years ago, Jacob deGrom right now. I am I'm, I'm hoping he's a good um, clubhouse guy because he's had his second Tommy John surgery. He's unable to pitch or help. Max Scherzer was still a great trade, great clubhouse guy, chugging beers last night with the team. Yeah, and he might make up. He might make a comeback even in his advanced age. So, um, yeah, brought up actually had a pretty good farm system. Brought up a few guys. Love farm in the systems mean, in the meanwhile since we've been bad and Adolis Garcia just getting getting a missile missile hitting Cuban. It nice. helps
0: that yeah. that that does help. Now, <clears throat> you wanted to lead the show with a quarterly review of our NFL picks and maybe our college football picks before we get into yeah, the huddle we, and then before we get into the baker's
1: dozen. Yeah, the I was saying <clears throat> via text. We don't call each other because I didn't no, know what Matthew's voicemail was. We're friends. We it's don't true. call each it's other. True. friends text. We spend clients we call, spend hours clients. We spend an hour we spend hours on Zoom together every single week. It's true. Bosses and clients call friends text, yeah. family text. Yeah. Um anyway, the we were looking into um oh our quarterly audit uh, we want to do the, the non Skip Bayless, Colin Cowherd, um, uh, embrace our the conviction of our picks and okay. go back and say, were we wrong? Were we terrible? And own it. So here we go. So and and then the way we're judging this is if
0: the playoffs started today,
1: correct? Would or we for, be for, right? For NFL for pro for NFL, yes. And okay. Then the other one is like, what current rank? Not rank, excuse me. What current standing in each conference? are these teams that we picked in college?
0: Yeah. So we we picked two teams to insert or to go into the championship game in college football. We picked the matchup. How, how does that, how is that panning out? And in the quarterly review, which is going to be a little lopsided because I don't think what the bucks are doing are sus- is sustainable. I think the saints might be onto something because I'm biased and that's the way I go. But let's get into it. Let's get into it. Maybe it'll flush itself out, and the listeners will figure it out
1: as we go along. Would you like to start with college football or yeah. NFL? Let's do college. I was going to say it's going to be – if you've ever seen Syriana, where they're pulling out George Clooney's fingernails, it's like, Massey, you have a choice. Would you like to drop the Jets right now? We have to pull your fingernails out. Would you take that? Would you Would you sit, take the release of getting rid of the Jets?
0: Oh, um, okay. That's yeah. I, just, can, I don't follow,
1: of- but I'm sure someone will. Nobody
0: will. (laughs) Okay. All right. Sounds like a late 90s, early 2000s action movie, but let's let's move on. Let's plow through. (laughs) College first. All right. College first. So in the Big Ten, I have Michigan over Wisconsin in the championship game, and you have Michigan over Iowa in the championship game. That is leaving out both Ohio State and Penn State. Drew Allure for Penn State. Pretty dope. Penn State's defense. Pretty dope. How do you? And so, what's the question here? How do I stand versus how do you stand?
1: Yeah, I mean, we both obviously in a good in a good spot. We've got actually a we just found out a minute ago, breaking news: Wisconsin and Iowa are playing at Wisconsin. Gross. Uh, so that's kind of a you know this is a big that's a big heavy hitter game for how this this uh, this is going to shake out. So you have the first place team in both of the Big Ten divisions, and I have the first and second place team in Iowa. Uh, Michigan is leading the. What is it? West? East? What do they do now? East. They're East. East and West. East. Yeah. So, yeah, we did not pick Penn State or Ohio State. I'm surprised that neither of us did, but it is – yeah.
0: Well, that's because Michigan has such a soft schedule besides Ohio State and Penn State. Penn State is going to have to prove it to me that they can make or hurdle over Ohio State and Michigan – I haven't seen them do it. James Franklin is the coach, but, I mean, by the coach, I mean he is the coach for Penn State, meaning he's their their guy. He's the guy for Penn State. Mm. I just haven't seen it. In my lifetime, I have not witnessed it, so it's hard for me to believe that Ohio State and Michigan are going to lose to Penn State when my eyeballs have not seen it. Now, Michigan has a two-game season when they play Ohio State and Penn State. Ohio State has looked a little more pedestrian. Uh, their offense has n- – not gotten going although they're, they have the best maybe the best wide receiver in college football with marvin harrison jr and mccormick is not so. not really he's not the ohio state quarterbacks of old where he's slinging around the yard i'm going to stick with michigan and i'm going to stick with wisconsin because iowa has lost their starting quarterback and i am not sure if they actually completed a pass to a wide receiver last week i think
1: that's true that's, i don't think they did oh i just see i mean that's uh yeah, that's pretty bad. I didn't, I didn't notice that. I'm not, yeah, I'm not changing, making any changes. I would say right now, if I were to be able to make a change, I would probably, I'd stick with Michigan because I believe Michigan does host Ohio State. Did we find that out? I forgot. I'll yeah, pull they beat
0: him in the horseshoe last year.
1: Yeah, so like it's at 30. Michigan, and obviously Ohio State looks pedestrian, like you said, in comparison to what Michigan looks like. And yeah, I mean Iowa, Wisconsin—it's a big game, but I'd probably, yeah, I'd probably swap out for Wisconsin. So yeah, I'm jealous.
0: Oh, okay. So we're just doing an audit. Okay, let's let's move on. Big Twelve. I have Texas over Kansas State. You have Texas over
1: Texas. Tech? gross. Yeah, that's Texas. <laughs> <laughs> well, Massey, Massey, You're uh so let's bad, let's dude. Massey, let's uh let's 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 pull the TV over a little bit to the right there. Who's the ninth place team in the Big Twelve? Is that Kansas State? And who's the sixth best team? Texas Tech? What? What happened?
0: No, is that true? Texas Tech seemed yes. struggled out of the gate, so I buried them early when they lost to Wyoming. Kansas State.
1: Wyoming's amazing. Wyoming is good.
0: (laughs) They are good. You're right. They beat Fresno State. They did beat Fresno State. You're absolutely right. Uh, I told you. I did not think in a million years that Kansas State would lose to Oklahoma State. I was going to get out a second mortgage, if I could, to to, beat Kansas State, what, minus 11 over Oklahoma State, and they ended up losing outright. That was... I'm embarrassed. I I did not see that coming.
1: I thought Gundy see, was dead. See, you're struck. Well, he he will be someday. Because I I'd say like the mold's dead, which is sad because he looks like a. I feel like anyway. You were super cocky about that wild card game last week, and that I was. could tell that you were like, oh, great, you picked Oklahoma State, and I was like, yeah, so what? I'm almost forty. I'm a man. All right, all right.
0: Um, Texas is definitely still in it. They might. They're going to have to beat. I'm pretty sure they're going to have to beat Oklahoma. They took an an L in the Red River shootout uh, over the weekend.
1: It was a sad It was a sad game. I mean, yeah, the way well, that they just gave what, that like up at the end.
0: Prevent defense, that d- does not work. Does not work. Prevent defense does not work. And, and Quinn and yours, did he have two picks? I think he had two picks, yeah. I can't believe and Oklahoma it, won that game.
1: No, it was just like, I can't believe they had enough time. I mean, I can't believe they rolled. I mean, they, yeah, they, the Texas defense made Dylan Gabriel look like Pat Mahomes with Tyreek Hill on the field to get yeah. on the field and do that so quickly. The only reason that Texas is probably like, I mean, the one thing that overshadowed that by the end of the day was Miami's loss. Oh, my we'll God. That, I'm yeah, sure. we'll get into but, that. Yeah.
0: Oh, my <laughs> God. Stick around for me roasting Royal Cristobal. All right, let's go to the Pac-12. I'm not sure if we're going to have time for the NFL quarterly. So let's just take our time on the college football quarterly review. And then next Deal. week we can do we can do the NFL. The Pac-12, I have Utah over Oregon. Don't mm. feel great about that since Cam Rising actually tore every single ligament in his knee. Uh the the usual starting quarterback for Utah. Oregon, I still feel good about they have a big one against Washington this weekend. You have Washington over USC. That is still alive. I will mention that USC has dropped from number 4 to number 10 in the country without losing one single Game, but that's still a possibility. The Pac 12 is all over the place, and all these teams still have a chance at getting into the college football. Uh, I mean, excuse me, into the Pac 12 championship. What, what, uh, how yeah. do you feel about your
1: USC Trojans, Trainer? I mean, well, Massey, let's let's be let's be real here. it's more like my Washington Huskies because I had them winning the whole damn thing. So, <laughs> USC Trojans, I can care less about, they're just second place.
0: Okay. Um, all
1: right, good point. If I were to make if I were to make a change here. Based off, let's see, Oregon's playing at Washington this weekend, and they probably—I I mean, they can't play Washington has would, a
0: gauntlet. Have you looked at their latter half of their season? I think it's—they do. They, they have like Oregon State, Washington call. State. Um, you—I think yeah. they have the whole every single ranked team in the Pac-12 plays Washington in the last five games.
1: I don't think I'd make a change.
0: I think that's a good call. Yeah. Um All right, ACC, I'm feeling good about this. I have Florida State over UNC. UNC's got a big one against Miami. They have their whole season in front of UNC does. FSU has gone over their two major hurdles in beating Clemson in overtime, and they beat LSU, which win. I'm not sure if that LSU win is is becoming more diminished. Does that make sense as the season goes on? We thought highly of LSU – um, but Florida state beating them in the number in the first game of the season. That seems to be aging kind of well, but kind of not. We'll see how LSU does down the stretch, but I like my two
1: picks FSU over UNC in the ACC championship. Clemson yeah, is obviously dead. I was, yes. <clears throat> All right. You, don't have, to, you don't have to rub it in, but yeah, Florida state over Clemson was my pick. Um, Clemson uh, didn't see them. Who do they lose their second game to I, Duke? I didn't, well, I didn't see that either, but I mean, I didn't see them already having two losses at this point in the year, I would say maybe I'd be like, yeah, you give me one, one loss against Florida state. So super embarrassing. Can't I picked uh, Deshaun Watson's old alma mater. Um, Shame on you. Shame on me. I'd say I would probably do what you did. If I, if I were able to take it all back and and, uh, go back to August when it was 114 degrees outside here.
0: And in the SEC, I got Bama over Georgia, and you have Georgia over Bama. Both our picks are aging quite well. UGA's got the softest schedule in college football, even softer than Michigan's bunch of clown scheduling committees. Bama, on the other hand, has the inside track now after beating Ole Miss and Texas A&M to win their division in the West. They have a couple of big games coming up in the next couple of weeks. Bama looked violent against Texas A&M last year. Hopefully, I mean, last year, last week. Hopefully, they can get some sort of semblance of a run game. Otherwise, they're in trouble down the stretch. I like my two picks here.
1: I mean, yeah, I do too. I'd stick with Georgia over Alabama, especially after they dismantled Kentucky the dismantled way they did. That was impressive. Even though it was at home, it's still Kentucky. Without, without the uh, College Football Hall of Famer, Will Levis, at the helm, I'd say that... I would keep this. I actually wanted to since we're in the SEC, you asked a good question a minute ago about Florida State's win against LSU. LSU I mean, Jaden Daniels look kind of they made Jaden Daniels, Florida State did, look kind of eh to yeah. start the season, right? So good point. The better the better he plays, the more likely he wins the Heisman if, if LSU even has four losses against, you know, upcoming games against what, Alabama and who else would they have that's like big on their schedule? If they just only lose know, now, LSU. all lose Alabama the rest of the way. I mean they got AM.
0: Yeah, uh they have AM and I can't think of anybody I don't know if they've played Arkansas no, that's yet. It. That's
1: why it. Yeah.
0: They cause they lost to Ole Miss. So there's Yeah, they they kind of have a they have a couple hurdles still to, to go. LSU does. Yeah,
1: I think they already played Arkansas because they used to play that game late. Anyway. They've Florida already played Res- World? Oh well, whatever, whatever. whatever, keep going. Anyway, Florida State's resume. I mean, Florida State loses one game and they're still won the ACC title game. I think the LSU win will definitely resonate still if LSU continues to play well. And Jaden Daniels is um, yeah looks really good against everybody else except Florida State.
0: I mean, he's the he's the front runner for Heisman of a team that has two losses.
1: Correct. Usually, Usually seen the- before we've seen. Um, Lamar Jackson, for example, do this.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, we, we took our time there, and I, I thought that was a good discussion. Let's get into the huddle. The huddle is the good news of the week, the critical number of the week, something you are stuck on, your quote slash question of the week, your go to the week, and then we're going to follow it by our Baker's Dozen, the picks. We have a lot of picks in a wild. We have 12, 12 games and a wild card to pick, so plenty, plenty of sports news to continue. If you miss anything, Download our podcast, We Are Teton Sports. Like, so, All right, trainer, give me your good news of the week.
1: It was the Texas Rangers. Um, oh, that's I don't right. Have that's a, right. I don't have a door number one or door number two this week. All I right, my enough, good news of the week content. is going to
0: be a similar homer pick, and that's Bama 26, Texas A&M 20. Alabama, help a little help from their defense, I would say a lot of help from their defense, were able to put a tough Texas A&M team away. Texas A&M's 12th man, I know it's a cult, and I know we like making fun of it, but Alabama had 99 yards on penalties. I think six or eight false starts because they could Did not they really? hear yeah, it. Yeah, so it was
1: ugly. That sounds like a lot of uh, running gassers around a short man in khakis yeah, on Monday. That's, that's yeah. a
0: bunch of rolls. Um, I will say the, the the positive I took away from this game, uh, Let's well, let's get to a negative. 23 rush yards by Alabama. They had negative 13 at half. I talked about Texas A&M in front seven. They showed up. What I thought needed to happen was if Jalen Milrow can throw the intermediate ball, he sure did. And finally, finally after two years, Jermaine Burton decided that he was a wide receiver playing for Alabama, and I thought we had a good emergence of Isaiah Bond. Burton had nine catches, 197 yards, two touchdowns. Bond had seven wrecks, 96 yards, and a tutty. Jalen Monroe was able to exploit the softer secondary of the Texas A&M uh, defense while, not, while on like obvious throwing situations. They could not run the ball. They knew they had to throw it, and they still were able to exploit. Now, he got sacked six times for negative 30-something yards, but Jalen Monroe, 321 yards, three TDs, Ooh. one interception, which luckily got a race because Alabama picked the ball off, what, two plays later? It looked like smash mouth hard-nosed football. Alabama is is not as dominant as they were. That was a tough environment to play in. I'm excited that they were able to come out victorious. Also, I think it's a crying shame that the field goal, they got blocked by Broswell. They got called back because of some soft, soft blindside shove that happened. Did you see this?
1: No, I did not see this or hear about this. Oh my
0: gosh. The guy, Broswell, blocked the kick, scooped it up, ran down the sideline, score, and in the background, you see like a Alabama special teams guy, like arm shove, a Texas A&M guy on the
1: shoulder. And they were like, a player or one of the military push-up doors?
0: <laughs> no, a player. And, and, okay. Yeah. Uh, Alabama did not score on the drive. So it, they took hmm. seven points off the board and that was tough to, tough to see, but that's safety, that safety really kind of cemented of like, that- we're, we were probably going to win this game.
1: What if that touchdown is the difference in the, you know, the, the the computer, the rankings, the data at the end of the year? It doesn't, you know, doesn't have money. to do that.
0: That's BCS, that's well, BCS Max Johnson, stuff.
1: We didn't know uh, last week. You we asked where Max Johnson was from or something. I said I didn't know. Um, didn't know he's Brad Johnson's former Buccaneer great and Super Bowl champion Brad Johnson's child. This game features two quarterbacks who both, I don't I don't how often this happens. They had negative both yards per carry and yards in the game, which is pretty funny. That's gotta be pretty rare, right? Wait, Jalen Monroe had negative yards? He was Jalen Monroe carried eight times for negative 31 yards for an average of negative 3.9. Well he got per sa- carry. He got,
0: he got sacked six well, times.
1: Yeah. But I just never see this in a box score. 12 <laughs> carries for max, negative three yards for a point oh, point .3 average so, funny. It was a box score. It was it was
0: drag out, knockout football. And I said I said if Bama scored twenty five, they could win this game. They scored twenty six and won the game. So hey, hey
1: Saban Sabin looks good. He's got these black he's got the uh this press his uh post game. He's got these black sleeves and he looks really tan for October. He lives in Alabama. I know, but and he, he and he's and, he, he, and his career profession is outside. Matthew, we're getting down. It's Austin here, where I live, and we're getting down in the in the mid-80s. Damn. All right, oh. give me your critical number
0: of the week, trainer. <laughs> uh,
1: 2,568. The amount of yards Caleb Williams has thrown? Uh, that's, not, that's not a bad guess. This is the amount of yards the Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, the better of the Miami football teams. Yes. If you know what I'm saying, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, have have uh most scrimmage this is the amount of scrimmage yards they have so far through week five the most scrimmage yards first through the first five games in nfl history the other three teams behind them are the 2000 rams yeah 2011 Be- patriots wait and wait the 2000- wait rams best uh-huh. show on turf right 2008 best, best show on turf kurt warner 2011 patriots massey who's the quarterback i believe that was tom it. brady 2013 Broncos. Remember this guy? I believe Big that was forehead. Peyton Manning. Is
0: Tua a Hall of Famer already? Massey. Tua is not a Hall of Famer already. He's gonna need some hardware. These guys that. are, these
1: guys were. These guys were.
0: Yeah. Well, hey, yeah, you're gonna have to you're gonna Hardware's, have to win some more games. Yeah,
1: stats stats are hardware, Massey. Stats equal hardware.
0: I don't think Mike McDaniels has gotten any trophy for any of the statistical anomalies that he's able to produce <laughs> this year, but maybe. I think he win an award on Madden. Coaches are different. All right, my critical number of the week. You ready for this? Always. In the last two games, can you give me this pert can you name this QB? 260 yards, zero touchdowns, four interceptions. Dak Prescott. That is Mac Jones.
1: Mmm. Yeah, well, I was off by what was I off by? Does Dak have one more interception than that? <laughs> I don't know. But over the last two games,
0: uh, the Patriots have been outscored a combined 72 to three. This is their first Ooh. back-to-back 30-point loss since 1970. Now there are a lot of depressing stats that are coming out of this, uh, let's call it Tom Brady void that the Patriots fans find themselves in, and I would go through them, but they're so ridiculous that it's like it's it's skewed because of Tom Brady and how good he was. But the Pats are falling back down to to, to reality here in the post Tom Brady era. Just saying, my Bill Belichick uh, is aging very well. He, he th- still thinks he's got an eye for cheap talent and underrated and underrated players. I think it's time for all the former Pats talking heads to go on television and discuss the Patriot way and the culture of the locker room, something they haven't been in for 10 or 15 years. I think that is what is going to get this Patriots team to turn around.
1: You're saying expats or expats fans, like a bunch Ex- of Boston jerks? No,
0: that are- no, I'm talking like Teddy Bruschi getting on there and be oh, like, "Oh yeah." Well, this is how I would react. Like Teddy Bruschi, you were never in that situation. You were never oh, all- in what their situation is now. You you looked across yeah. the locker room and you had Tom Brady every single time you played the game. So it's very funny to think that Pats fans who will come out of the woodwork. When they're good, I am going to predict that Pats fans don't love football. They just love winning, and they yep. cannot watch the Pats play regardless of how the Pats are doing, which is different. For the last 20 years, they've, they go into every single Sunday sitting down in their Tom Brady jersey and their red, white, and blue beanie and their oversized hoodie expecting the Patriots to win,
1: and it's not that way anymore. I think they stop showing up. Yeah, hundred percent. They like I think they embraced the beginning, the chip on their shoulder, winning like the first or two Super Bowls, like the Rams and the the Panthers ones back in like oh three oh four or 0, 0, whatever. Yeah, and then it, it was like chip on a sole eye. We, it was socks and socks and pads, no respect. And then it became like they're actually just like they won six, and then it became they were spoiled brats. And now like I don't think they can definitely handle being this bad because they can't talk crap anymore and there's no more winning. I don't think besides when the Cowboys were really good. Which was like eight, nine, you know, nineteen ninety to like nineteen ninety-five. The Pats have never been this bad in my lifetime. They were. They went to the Super Bowl, lost to the to the Bears and the you know the famous Bears team eighty-five, 85 Bears. And then they were bad for a few years during those early nineties, and they were good again because they got Pete Carroll and they got Drew Bledsoe. And then after that, it was like the Tom Brady era. So I've just, it's awesome. I'm so glad they're so. I'm bad.
0: stoked the Pats fans have to suffer. Welcome to the yeah, real, real football fandom. Like this
1: is this is how this goes. Yeah, I could see and I could see stopping average um, you know, Mc McBoyle on the on the street and he's like well, we, were ba- <laughs> Boy, we hey we were we were bad in the late nineties too and it's like, no, you guys weren't. You <laughs> guys went to the Super Bowl and lost to Brett Favre. You just don't remember because you didn't give a crap because you hadn't won three Super Bowls already when you joined the bandwagon.
0: <laughs> well said. All right, trainer, give me your stuck on for the week.
1: So I had a stuck on, I changed it to question because I thought I was going to come back and do a stuck on, but I'll use my original, this is my stuck on. It's also a question to you. All right. Um, UVA 100% hired a complete turd as a head coach and Tony Elliott, just a wretched and ghastly choice, bringing him in from Clemson. Sorry, I picked Clemson again in the big preseason. Uh, my question is how much better off would we be Virginia football, still saying we, until the, the program's gone uh, with Brett, Brett vegetables uh, as the coach, do you think he would have like at least Brent Venables Venables? Yeah, it was was stupid, but throw a joke. Um, wait, Brent, Brent Venables as a coach of UVA. Yeah. If you switch the Clemson OC and DC and we got Brett Venables and Tony Elliott went to Oklahoma hypothetical, total hypothetical.
0: I think Oklahoma would still be bad. I've been wrong on every single take I've had about Brent Venables. I just learned today that he runs scout team quarterback with no pads. Um, I thought Britton Venable's was just a rah rah Dabo coattails guy, and he proved me wrong this this weekend. Let's see what he can do the rest of the season. Maybe yeah, my my take week. will age well, but you'd have to see that there'd be some sort of le- uh, level of toughness that Tony Elliott does not okay. bring. Um, Bron- the defense would be okay. Yeah, what we had with Bronco Virginia had with Bronco Mendenhall was pretty much skilled skilled quarterback position we had Bryce um Perkins? Bryce Young, Hall? Oh my god. Perkins? Bryce Perkins. Perkins. Oh my I just had um and Brendan Armstrong who is not showing anything since he left Virginia or the first year he was under Tony Elliott at Virginia, he got benched there. He got Fair. benched at NC State, but he was being talked about quite a bit as an NFL draft pick. His his draft stock has plummeted since then. I just think that there would have been a little more of an identity when you watch Virginia football. Like, I'm not sure who I'm watching. Am I watching a tough team? Am I watching a tough D? Am I watching a? Oh, our offensive line is decent, but our skill positions are pretty good. With Bronco Mendenhall, we had a great wide receiving core with a deep, like a pretty
1: decent quarterback. We don't have any of that right now. No, we're you're watching something in between. Like this the the floor is that what's that bishop sycamore, that fake fake yeah. college? Yeah, fake somewhere high in between that somewhere in between that and Virginia Tech, present day Virginia Tech, that is. And we're not gonna be Virginia Tech and they suck. <laughs> Sorry, I just got pissed. I got pissed about a game in November. Okay, yeah. Uh
0: yeah. Well, okay. Massey,
1: we've run a heater. We we won one game in a row.
0: William and Mary. That's a science school. They have more, they have more microscopes and athletes at William and Mary. Okay. All right. Fact. So this stuck on, um, this stuck on is, is going to be interesting. because I'm not sure how many people noticed it, but I was watching Monday night football between the Raiders and the Packers. Oh, what, what were you nursing? Why did you waste your time with that? <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. And I was watching it with my in-laws who know nothing about football, but at the two-minute warning. <laughs> were, they, were they like, I'm never watching this sport again? <laughs> no, no. They just know that I like to watch it. And so, like, if we're all together, it's usually, yeah. it's usually they pick what's on television. But I get, I get, like, Sunday and Monday nights. No one comes near me on Saturday. I'm like, hey, leave me alone. It's Saturday. Mm-hmm. But uh, I want to talk about how Josh McDaniels is an absolute dum-dum. Okay, Okay. so here was the scenario. Fourth and short on the Green Bay 40-yard line. The two-minute warning has just happened, right? Mm -hmm. They are up four with two minutes left. Four. He, instead of going for it on fourth and short, if he would have made the first down, I think Green Bay only had one timeout left, he was going to be able to bleed the clock and basically win the game. Give himself a... Another set of downs with a chance to make another first down to bleed the clock out. He elects to kick a field goal to go up seven. Now let's do some football math here. He kicked a field goal to go up, to try to go up from a one-score game to a one-score game from four to seven. Green Bay had to score a touchdown regardless of the outcome of this kick in order to win this game. Green Bay could have gone down there, scored a touchdown, and converted a two-point conversion, and still won the game. Now, what happened? The field goal hit the upright. No points were scored. Green Bay, who's pretty inept, Jordan Love, may stink. Raiders go on to win the game regardless but it was just like, what are you doing? How You, you even had the two-minute warning to think about this. Who is the person talking in your ear saying go for the field goal mm. to go from one score game to one score game, or are you just that dumb? You have to – if you're, the, the game is on the line, you need six inches, you would like to go from four points to seven points, and Green Bay has to score a touchdown regardless and can win the game regardless of the outcome of this field goal? What a waste. What a waste of a, of a – head coach hire that Josh McDaniels is. He's
1: an absolute fraud coming from the bill Belichick coaching tree. I might add. Yeah, it's fair enough. I think somebody, an intern, maybe it was Mark Davis. He sent him, he Googled this. I just Googled this on my own. Pretty smart guy. Um, There were 64 missed. The reason he wanted to kick a field goal, because it's not messy. Seven's not a one score game. Six is, but messy 64 missed PATs last year. That's 94.65% conversion rate so he thought maybe there was a 5.35 do some math right nine four five 9, 4. is 9 4.35 You're is as big chance. as a math
0: guy as Josh McDaniels did that is a dumb that is a dumb counter argument Josh reasoning. McDaniels is dumb Smart. this it's this heavy. will get lost this will get lost in the sands of time you know but there was a point at which I was staring at my TV going what is he doing why are you doing this you this is not the play to call and I'm dumb I'm not fo- mm-hmm. I'm not a football coach
1: I'm dumb, but I can do at least some simple math. Stupid. The Hurricanes. The Hurricanes saved him. Um, Yeah, I didn't even notice this happened. That's great. I think maybe he's forming an alliance to get fired. Kind of like when, um, what's his name? Um, Oh, Lane Kiffin. He kicked a 70 plus yard field goal with, remember Janikowski, who used to smoke cigars at Florida State on the (laughs) sideline? Yeah, no. He kicked a, he attempted a 70 plus yard field goal. Got fired like a week later, so he was just like, I'm just going to poop all over the field to get fired because he and Belichick, they want to go into business together somewhere. They got something cooking behind the scenes, Massey. Yeah, like there, there's a lot
0: of that that Bill Belichick sends out his minions to go wreck other teams and steal all their secrets and bring them back. All right, got to move on, though. Give me your quote slash question of the week, Trenton. Uh, I'm sorry.
1: <clears throat> um, let me get back to my notes here. I got really excited about that. Um, <laughs> The Bill Belichick uh... minions. No, just, just looking stuff up. The looking up the PAT percentage from last year. I was curious. I've been always been curious about that. If if Dion stays there, Colorado is gonna be Alabama. Oh God. Somebody somebody hyping up Dion. I'll give you some he, he he likes to eat popcorn. Oh T.O.? Worked... Oh wow, that was good. Just one hint. Well, tio TO let out Shador
0: Sanders on the field before they got smashed by Oregon. So oh, this is biased. Yeah, okay. so TO has been
1: adjacent <laughs> to that team for for a long time. I, I I just like dumb quotes. I like dumb quotes. Especially right. when he's wearing he's wearing sunglasses indoors during a podcast. Like, you know, it's just doing like, doing sit ups. All right. So yeah. my quote of the week comes from Bob Stoops
0: after he lost to Georgia fifty one to thirteen. He said, quote, I just encourage fans to donate more. I can promise you in Georgia, they bought some pretty good players. You're allowed to do that these days. There are two things mm. I don't like about this quote. One, he's kind of calling his players not as good as Georgia players. All right. You can interpret it that way. Yeah they, they, you know they showed that. yeah, which was evident by the fifty one to 13 outcome. <laughs> Number two is what I'm mad what I'm really actually mad about. Is that Georgia fans acting like this is an untrue statement? I did not know mm. Georgia fans were this dumb and soft. I knew their schedule was Ooh. soft. I did not Ooh. know they were this mentally soft for a a coach to come on and say Georgia's got good players because they bought them all and they're like, "Well, we want two national championships, so they just want to come win." Yeah, maybe. But also maybe you bought players cuz you're cuz that's what is allowed to do. You were doing it before the NIL, and now with the NIL legal, you still don't think that you pay for players? Like, what are we talking about? You should go on television and say, Yeah, I can either make your kid a bunch of money here at Georgia, or I can prep him for the draft and make him a bunch of money. Before NIL, Nick Saban sat in everybody's living room and said, I can make you a millionaire in four years. Is that something you'd be interested in? Like, there was a, the money has been talking and been being driven down these recruits' throats since the beginning of, of time, really, but obviously not like in college football history. But it's ever since the NFL salaries have, have risen and risen and risen, college coaches look at parents and say, I can change you and give you generational wealth in four years if your kid comes and plays with me. That has always happened. And Georgia fans are like up in arms because Bob Stoops says – Hey, you know it's uh I'd really like some more money to get some
1: better players talking to his Kentucky fan base and Georgia was so dumb they thought they were taking a shot at them. So you're saying the the Georgia fans are being like defensive, like they're saying that's not true. That's the reason why they're talented. Yeah, yeah. Is they're that, like oh, that's not they true. have so, so much th- talent. That's not true. Yeah. We won so, two national so championships. Playing, playing in between some bushes and wearing black and red and, and, and Christ is Christ involved? Is he the one? That he's he's blessed these players. It's the it's, Lord it's, has blessed it's them.
0: Ugga and between the hedges is why they go to Georgia to play football. Like, give me a break. All right, Tranor. Sorry, I had to. I had to just rant right there. Give me your
1: goat of the week, and then we got to get to the Baker's dozen. God, preach. I think I actually forgot a goat. So move on. It's good to say Ma- Max. Scherzer, Max Scherzer for chugging beers and being a Being a great clubhouse guy, we got to address Miami and Mario Cristobal. Oh yeah, perfect. Let's just—I'll—I'll accept that one as mine.
0: Okay. Uh, The Hurricanes are paying eighty million dollars to this man over the next ten years. Um, He had the worst, (laughs) worst play call, uh, even worse than Josh McDaniels. With 36 Mm -hmm. seconds left, Mario Cristobal elected to run the ball instead of line up in victory formation. Now, for people that don't know, there is 40 seconds on a play clock, meaning if Mario Cristobal ran the play, it could be any single play, and they maintain possession of the ball, they could could win the game. Excuse me, let me retract that. It was 36 seconds left on the game clock. There was 40 seconds left on the play clock, meaning – the play clock was dead. It was not in consideration. They didn't even have to hike the football. If he would have never said hut, Miami would have won the game. But usually what people do is they go into what is called victory formation. You know what victory formation is, trainer? You know what happens after you do victory formation? You go
1: home and you, you, have, uh, you do stuff with your girlfriend. Yeah,
0: you win. You win. And you go out and celebrate. Instead, he ran the ball, fumbled Georgia Tech, who might I add lost a bowling green last week or two weeks ago? Gets the fumble in two plays, goes seventy something yards, scores with two seconds left. Miami, who has their entire season in front of them, entire season in front of them to make a case to get to the College Football Playoff, they of course have to win the ACC. But this weekend they're at UNC. Then they play. They have Clemson at home. UVA at NC State, at Florida State, which everyone had circled on their calendars. Louisville is no is no slouch either after beating Notre Dame last week, and Boston College, I now... Oh, top 15 team. I am now going to tell you this. Vegas, at the beginning of the year, had Miami's win total at 7.5. I would take the under on that. I think they lose every single meaningful game after the epic collapse <laughs> against Georgia Tech. I think they have no fan base. So I just don't think that anybody is going to show up after watching what they did. Oh, and here's this fun stat. Do you remember the Texas A&M game where they ended up beating Texas A&M? Yeah. Well, if you bought a Texas A&M ticket to go to that game at Miami Stadium, you know they had a buy one, get one free? This was the get one free game. If you bought a ticket for the Texas A&M game,
1: you got the drive and take game for free. That's right.
0: Like, what are we doing?
1: Oh, it was so embarrassing. It was
0: so Unreal. embarrassing.
1: Yeah, so good. no. I mean, um, what did he say? He said we we talk about two hands on the ball through his through his players on the bus right away. This this <laughs> Mario. We we practiced so two good. hands on the ball. Like like the play calling was not not the problem here. I mean, I was trying to look up when you were talking. I was tra- I was listening. But I was trying to look up the most improbable wins in college football history and see if this is if this has got to be it with with a, with a bullet, right? It had finishes. Ninety like finishes like there's no chance like that. Yeah. 99.9999% chance of winning. Repeating, for of course. And it's not like we talk about NIL, but there's not, there's not incentive plans in college football contracts where if they get a hundred yards rushing, they get, you know, a hundred thousand dollars. So it's like, Oh, let's stick it to the owner and get this kid an extra two yards for a hundred thousand dollars. you know, it's just, yeah. it's, it, it's baffling. And yeah, good for Georgia tech for, for uh, coming back and making, making a uh, making the most of it at the end.
0: All right, let's get to the Baker's dozen. We we have uh, some time to discuss. We'll front load it with the games that we like the most, and then we'll back load it with some that we can just give you the picks that you can take straight to the bank because I am hmm. 37 and 34. 34 and 37. I forget what my record is. You're one game better than I am, but we're 37. Okay, go ahead. <clears throat> 37 and
1: 35 and two for yourself. Sick. 38, 34 and two. Uh, for soccer fans at home, yes, two is a tie.
0: Oh right, right, right. Yes, Correct. of course. It's of just course. like
1: that. Um, you have been the consistent, except for last last week. I had a big old run through the college world. You've been the uh, mark of consistency for college, and I've been the mark of consistency for the NFL. And we're you know hovering around that a little above five hundred mark.
0: I I am so baffled with this call. I don't think I picked any winners. I wrote down a bunch of notes, and I'm not sure. I'm not sure of anything in college football these days uh, as we as we get to the midpoint of the season. But let's let's uh, let's start it off in Seattle, where number eight Oregon is five and zero. They're playing number seven Washington, who's also five and zero. Washington is favored by a field goal in this game. It is at home. The over under sixty seven and a half. I think they're going to bash bash that over. Um, So. Argon head coach Dan Lanning, QB Bo Nix. They're making a very big push for Bo Nix to win the Heisman. Now, he's got 1,500 yards, 15 touchdowns, throwing one interception and 80% completion. Troy Franklin has seven touchdowns as a wide receiver. Now, their running game is pretty good. Bucky Irving, four touchdowns, and Jordan James, seven touchdowns on the year. Now you look over at Washington, and they are the number one pass offense in the entire country. They have three wide receivers with multiple touchdowns. Their tight end even has four touchdowns. Rome Adunze, Jalen Polk, Jalen McMillian, Nick Millen, and Jack Westover, three wide receivers and tight end respectively, all have four, three, three, and four touchdowns. Michael Penix, Heisman front runner, two thousand yards, sixteen touchdowns, two interceptions, seventy-five completion percentage. This is a battle of the offensive trainer. What do you think about this game?
1: Yeah. So yeah, you said Adunze. I've seen a lot of stuff coming out about him being like the <clears throat> second or third best receiver coming out of this class behind Marvin Harrison and somebody from LSU. I'm forgetting his name. Anyway, this is not about LSU right now. So you've. I mean, you clearly have said all of, all the stuff. I don't. There's not really much I can add on to this. I do want to hop in and do a little quick. Uh, boneyard shuffle my teams up massey okay i'm gonna get ahead of this and i'm gonna take bo no picks and Oregon. i'm gonna kick quinn Ewers and sark out of my teams they're going to, go to the boneyard Oregon for ut i gotta do this I, this is this is called strategy is uh, yep.
0: keeping usc there
1: interesting we'll we'll see
0: the winner of this game does have the inside track in the Pac 12. Both the team's schedule is backloaded. The back half of their schedules, they play the gauntlet of the uh, Pac 12. Oregon ranks number six overall in defense. They did give up 30 to Texas Tech. They blanked Colorado at home and blanked Portland State. So that kind of skews their numbers. I'm not sure how good Oregon's defense is. As I previously mentioned, Washington is number mm. wa- number one in yards per game, and they have more weapons than Oregon. I'll go ahead and pick them because they're my team. I'm going to p- take. Man, is Oregon going to cover? It might be like a forty-eight forty-five game. Ooh, I'll take Washington in the points. I think that I think that offense is explosive enough to expose some of the weaknesses that Oregon has on defense, which is not a lot.
1: Which is not a lot. So my Texas Tech. Uh, Red Raiders, um, I picked them to finish second in the Big 12. They're actually really good, just based off that uh, prediction I had. Um, That was at Lubbock, where they're going to give up. Oregon is. They're going to give up a million yards. That's just the way it works in the the continuous air raid legacies uh, planted by the Pirate a long time ago. I like Oregon's defense. They do have, I think, like you said, they're good with um, holding pass yards allowed. I think Michael Penix will be put in the check here and they didn't play all that great against Arizona. They both had bye weeks last week, so both idle. So Oregon coming off, and they're both coming on bye week, so a lot of time to prepare. I'll take Oregon, and I get the points.
0: All right, we got number 18. UC- Staying in the Pac-12, we have number 18, UCLA. They're 4-1 and one with their only loss to Utah. At number 15, Oregon State, who is five and 5-1, and their only loss to Washington State. Oregon State is favored by four. Chip Kelly is is starting a true freshman at quarterback Dante Moore who's been taking some lumps but UCLA still still has a good record and he's going to allow allow Dante to play Oregon State with John, Jonathan Smith who should be hired by either Miami or Texas A&M by the end of the season as QB <laughs> DJ ungulele humming with 1300 yards, 13 TDs, four interceptions. UCLA's defense, number 5 in the country, uh I would say yeah. that's pretty fitting for them
1: so what say you trainer i'm gonna stick i've liked the the uh, we talked about the pac 12 the the misfits the the island of the island of misfits between washington state and oregon state i'm pulling for those guys this year i hate all these i hate all these big 10 elitists like ucla um i'm gonna go with oregon state at home so with the
0: points too
1: yeah yeah I'll, i'll lay those points big big oregon week for me all right, all right. I I just
0: don't like Chip Kelly. I don't like Dante Moore, a True Freshman on the Road. I had Oregon State as well. I'll take the points as well. Now, into the ACC, we have number 25 Miami who choked against Georgia Tech at number 12 UNC. Miami 4 and 1, UNC 5 and 0 favored by three and a half points. Tyler Van Dyke's been having a pretty good season. Drake May, on the other hand, has been having a quiet season compared to his uh, his outing last year. Mac Brown has started to rely on the run a little bit more. O'Marion Hampton, 460 yards and seven tutties as their tailback. Now, they get back wide receiver Tess Walker before this game. The NCAA cleared them because they said the school turned over new evidence. Don't know what that new evidence was and why UNC would be withholding said evidence that would clear their best wide receiver to play, but whatever. Don't care. This is going to be UNC passing versus Miami secondary. I think they threw a ball a lot last season. They've been focusing on the run, but I think they'll need to pass this game. Can Drake May have a coming-out party against the Miami Hurricanes? What say you, Trainer?
1: Yeah, he's been a little uh, underwhelming. Um, eight touchdowns, four interceptions, two-to-one ratio. But Miami, obviously, coming off the embarrassment. And, and when I look at their schedule, I'm just like, Miami, Ohio, a and BCU. That's not even Boston College. What what awful team is that? Temple um, going in UNC. I think, yeah, UNC getting their receiver back, coming off that massive um, game against Syracuse. And UNC just has – they're better tested. They play South Carolina at the end of the year. Like, they, yep. they hosted Minnesota. I like UNC. I, I
0: I agree. I'll take UNC in the points. Miami is pretty well balanced between running and passing. They have a good run defense. They're third against the run, so it's really going to have to be Drake May. I think Drake May gets it with Tez Walker. All right, number 10, USC 6-0 and behind Heisman winning quarterback Caleb Williams and that Lincoln rally, that guy from Oklahoma. They are at number 21, Notre Dame, who was 5-2 with a loss to Ohio State. And Louisville, Marcus Freeman and Sam Harton have been regressing. I told you last week that Sam Harton struggled against the Louisville defense when he was at Wake Forest. Well, he did it again. He had two TDs and three interceptions and was sacked five times. Now, I say he's regressed. He threw one touchdown pass against Ohio State, zero against Duke. He had two TD passes against Louisville, but that kind of cancels itself out with the three interceptions that he threw out. USC, same sort of thing. Now, Kayla Williams has been electric. He has 1,800 yards, 22 touchdowns, and one interception, but he really struggled against an Arizona team that took three overtimes to win them. He had a pedestrian game with 14 of 25, one touchdown, and took four sacks against Arizona. I think this is a, a hard game to pick. Notre Dame favored by three, and USC's defense can't tackle, and Sam Hartman is ice cold what say oh, you, you, you should trainer? pick it first oh man does caleb williams show up does notre dame even have anything to play for anymore besides the the citrus bowl like this is really stinking hard for me to do <laughs> this is really hard this is Wait, I mean, what's wrong with the citrus
1: Bowl? that used to be EVA's
0: ceiling yeah well you know different strokes for different folks I'm going to say Ooh. USC covers. I d- I just don't think Notre Dame – I just don't think Ohio State's offense is that good. I don't think Louisville's offense is as good as they showed against uh, Notre Dame. I think Caleb Williams steps up in this game while it is on the road. I think Notre Dame fans are, are kind of like Patriots Patriots fans in a, in a way. It's got to be – it's got to be if- USC is going to cover that three, and Caleb Williams should – now should have, have a Heisman Trophy moment here.
1: I hate Notre Dame. I hate Notre Dame culture more than, you know, pretty much, there's not that many things. Yankee baseball culture, Duke basketball, there's not much else I hate more. I hate my least favorite college football. I, hate, I hate Duke basketball. I do think they'll show up as fans. I do think Notre Dame still wants to show up against USC because it's USC. If this was Oregon or Washington going into Notre Dame and Notre Dame was 5-2, and two, I wouldn't feel like they have as much pride on the line to play for this. I will take Notre Dame. Having said that, I think that they can shut down the pass a little bit and they can score on USC. Sam Hartman has a get-right game. God, he looks so cute. Um, I think this will be the game they redeem themselves by losing to Ohio State at home. Probably should have won that game. And Notre Dame goes to 6-2, playing for the Citrus Bowl. All
0: right, we're going to have to rifle through the next games. Texas A&M at number 19, Tennessee. Texas A&M 4-2, losses to uh, Bama and Miami. Tennessee four and one lost on the road to Florida. Tennessee is favored by three and a half. Can Jimbo Fisher and Max Johnson, Johnson get it. Woo. Max Johnson, get it going against Josh Heupel and Joe Milton on the road in Knoxville.
1: <coughs> oh.
0: Go ahead, trainer.
1: I'm dying. All right. All right. All right. All right. Joe Milton. Um, well, they won two in a row. They beat South Carolina at home. They've only lost at Florida. They beat, they beat a really, really, uh, really chippy UVA team back in September near Labor Day. Yeah. Um <laughs> I'll, I'll go with uh I'll go Tennessee to cover it home. Even though I think AM, yeah, they did play at Alabama admirably last week. But that was in college station where the Colt is.
0: Yeah, I think Texas AM strength is their front seven. I'm I'm not sure if Joe Milton Joe Milton's gonna have Ooh. to do the mid tier balls like uh, Jason uh Milrow did against texas a&m i'm not sure if am has got it in them to go into knoxville at hmm. one at a uh, 3 30 kickoff cbs game and and cover this spread i'll take um i'll take tennessee all right have we disagreed on anything let's go to Missouri. that's why I, that's why i had you pick i had
1: you pick uc notre dame first so i could talk myself into notre dame and then i started like actually going through it and i was like yeah i can i can buy this crap and sell myself
0: all right let's uh we're gonna have to just rifle through uh, let's this talk well, about it's okay last because the one. NFL
1: I, I don't want to spend much time on the Cowboys anyway so let's just rifle.
0: okay uh Missouri five and one lost to LSU somehow they're not in the top 25 but Kentucky still is they remain at 24 they're five and one after getting smoked by Georgia on the road Missouri's at Kentucky Kentucky's favored by two and a half both teams are coming off a loss. Brady Cook looked pretty good against LSU. He had two interceptions against that pitiful defense, which leaves me some concern. Devin Leary, NC State transfer. They thought it was the second coming of Will Levis. So far, not the case. Can Missouri stop Ray Davis? That's University of Kentucky's running back who has eight rushing touchdowns and four touchdowns receiving. Mm. What say you,
1: trainer? The battle for second place, potentially, in the SEC East behind Georgia. Um, Kentucky at home, they've hosted and beaten Florida, Eastern Kentucky and Ark and AKR. What the hell is that? Arkansas river rock or rock, Bill rock. Clinton from, I don't know. Arkansas. Yeah. Oh, little rock. That's, that's what that's I'll think. I'll go with, uh, I'll go with Missouri on the road. Why not?
0: All right. I'll just go ahead and take Kentucky. Uh, I think Missouri is going to cover. All right. I'm just going to go ahead and take Kentucky. Although Missouri was my darling. You know what? No. I thought Missouri was going to win this game. So, screw it. I'm taking Missouri as well. All right, let's do the wild card, and then we have to rifle through because we only have three minutes left. Missouri will cover. I'm, I am I liked Missouri last week. I'm going to stick on their bandwagon. Missouri's my team. All right, wild card. I'll B- take Kentucky. Inti- I'll take Kentucky. I'll redeem myself right, from last I, week's pick against Georgia. There you I, go. I, I, pre- I appreciate it. All right. BYU at TCU. <laughs> TCU is favored by six points. Um, I think I, I'm fading TCU.
1: How many points for who? Six for TCU. Six points for TCU. You're fading TCU, so you don't want TCU.
0: No, I don't want TCU. They just lost their starting quarterback, oh, yeah. Chandler Moore's.
1: You love you love BYU. Yeah, so I'll take, take
0: four. Strong. All right, I'm. Uh, I'm just gonna list out the uh, the teams, and you're gonna give me a pick. You ready? Dallas yep. favored by two on the road at the LA Chargers. Chargers. Um. Yeah, the Chargers are going to win out, right? <laughs> Damn, I'll just pick Dallas. All right, Seattle at Cincinnati. <laughs> Seattle at Cincinnati. Cincinnati's favored Ooh. by three at home. I'm taking Cincy. Joe Burley's yeah, like, back. Yeah, like
1: Seattle. Yeah, no, no, uh, Joe, no they're not back. Since Cin- he's not back, folks.
0: Detroit at Tampa Bay. Detroit favored by a field goal. Detroit is the third best team in the NFC. I'll take Detroit because I hate Baker Mayfield Ooh. and Tampa Bay.
1: Tampa Bay at home against Detroit. Um, they're not the Eagles. Detroit is not. Tampa Bay will cover this. Nollins
0: favored by one and a half at Houston. Nollins in the point, says Massey.
1: Ooh, the Katrina game. <laughs> Too soon? <laughs> no, dude. Um, People don't forget. Houston. Indianapolis at Jacksonville. Jacksonville favored by four. Mm, Gardner Minshew revenge game. Uh, nah, I like the Jags. Sorry. They oh, beat up on, on the Bills one.
0: in London. They might have a little bit of jet lag coming back. I'll take Gardner Ooh. Minshew. Philadelphia oh, every- Philadelphia is favored by seven at the New York Jets. That number cannot be big enough. Philadelphia is going to pound the Jets. All right. We'll agree on one NFL game. Sports late. fans, that is all the time we have. We're going to have to figure out a way to talk about football more, but we really appreciate you tuning in. If you didn't catch us on 891 KHOL, download our podcast, wherever podcasts are available. Rate and review. We are Teton Sports Talk. All right. Trainer, thank you as always. That's it. And that's all.
1: Bye.